Jason Scott. I'm Andy Berg. And welcome to the Athletic Business Podcast. Today on the show, we're talking social media strategy uh, with our friends from Forward Madison FC. Now, this is a USL League One uh, soccer team that started just down the street from us in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, and we're excited to uh, bring you guys uh, this conversation today. Really fun conversation that we had. Absolutely. Um, and we should mention that our very own Matt Rank uh, is here in the studio with us also, and he's introduced us uh, to the folks over at Madison Forward um, as uh, he used to work for them. That's right, yeah. So uh, we were kind of milking Matt's connections here. Matt, say hi to the people. Hey, everybody. I'm glad <laughs> to be here, Jason and Andy. Glad I could kind of make this happen for you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a good one. Yeah, we're grateful uh, to Matt for kind of facilitating today's conversation. Um, so we won't keep you because the interview is a little bit longer than our standard fare. But we should just kind of point out, you know, this is sort of the it's a sort of broad interview with uh, a, a professional soccer team mm-hmm. that that Madison just acquired. I mean, yeah. or how, I don't know how you know it's an upstart, right? And Matt was a part of sort of that the beginning of that and and yeah, back before they were known as anything other than Madison Pro Soccer no right. branding yeah. no anything so. yeah that's right so this is kind of a fun story about the, the team's origins yep. um, how they've used kind of social media and digital content just to kind of um, get their brand off the ground and some of the successes that they had um, it's a really interesting conversation applicable whether you run uh, a pro sports team or not uh, a lot of lessons if you uh, for anybody uh, who's really looking team or right. want to get the word out about your yeah. rec center or like I mean there's some really neat yeah. tips and tricks on it's really how a lot about the, the you know, understanding your audience and using you know, social media yeah, as absolutely. a medium to reach them right so if you use social media in, as part of your marketing you'll get something out of this conversation so let's go ahead and uh, throw it to the interview and we'll be right back Athletic Business Magazine is a trade publication that 40,000 athletics, fitness, and recreation professionals rely on to find the tips, trends, and products they need to be successful. Want to join? Head on over to athleticbusiness.com slash subscribe to get started or renew your free subscription. Rookie podcasters mistake here, everyone. We forgot to kind of introduce everyone first, so we wanted to take a quick note before we get to the interview. Uh, Speaking first, you're going to hear the voice of... Kuba Shizestoniak. He's the director of fan engagement and digital media. You'll also hear the voice of Jason Klein. He's the digital content manager for Forward Madison FC. Thanks. So um, I guess we'll uh, just kind of start. I mean, you guys have now been around as a professional soccer team for about uh, one year. Is that right? Yep, just a little bit over a year. Inaugural season, yep. just kind of wrapped up mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, they announced the team in May of 2018, so that'll mm-hmm. be getting close to two years in a way. Yeah, and and that's uh, the same. You guys are on the same trajectory as the USL one overall, right? Because you they they just had their inaugural season as well, the entire league. Yeah, yeah. So pretty How successful. Many uh, there were ten teams in the first season. Okay, um, there'll be twelve in the second year. Okay, yeah. Couple of expansion teams jumping on board. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what's been really impressive is just the way that you guys have used social media to kind of launch this this brand. Um, and so that's, I guess, what we're really interested in, in learning more about today. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, definitely how you guys have created sort of the engagement with the community. Mm-hmm. I live blocks from Bree Stevens, and we heard the, the games from day one and the crowd <laughs> going nuts. And I'm like, this is a new team, right? Like, <laughs> it's supposed to be real quiet for the first year or something. But um, yeah. we have friends in the neighborhood that are instant fans, and obviously you guys did a good job in the build-up to nice. the first season. So. Yeah, so can you just kind of describe the role that specifically social and digital media kind of played in mm-hmm. helping get you guys off the ground and hit the ground running? Yeah, yeah, I mean, when we kind of were, kind of when I came on and we were kind of building out this digital strategy that we wanted to have, mm-hmm. um, we knew that was going to be really, really important for a few reasons. I mean, our demographic, especially young adults, they live with their, their phones in their hands mm-hmm. and they're on social media constantly. So we knew, like, this is going to be one of the best ways we can reach them. Um, our advertising budget's really, really low um, as a marketing team, so it's like we have to go with kind of these organic ways to reach people. Um, mm-hmm. And we knew, you know, social media is just a great way. If we're doing it right, then we know that we can kind of, without spending much, we can have a big voice, have a big message, stick out locally, and then, you know, we were kind of lucky where we were able to kind of make a, make a splash nationally and internationally. Even. Yeah, yeah, if I can add on to that, I yeah. think what's really interesting about this is that our uh, reliance on social media starts out uh, as a sort of necessity. You look at a lot of the really successful soccer teams in the United States, and it happens because they have tons of money that they're willing to blow and just plaster ads everywhere. Mm -hmm. And the difference for us is that we don't have that, and we know it. Uh, Mm -hmm. We can't cover the city with billboards or wrap uh, buses or do newspaper ads or things like that. So it was necessary for us to find another way to reach people. Mm-hmm. What's great is that 10 years ago or 15 years ago, we wouldn't have been able to do this at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, social media is sort of the great equalizer for sports teams, especially lower level sports teams, mm-hmm. where you can reach as many people as even the biggest clubs in the world because you're both on the same platform. Mm-hmm. And uh, so. Matt, uh, who uh, recently joined our team at Athletic Business, was telling us uh, a little bit about your guys' early successes, a couple of the campaigns that you, you, you did um, with social media. Can you maybe just um, you know, tell us a little bit about some that, as, as you were just getting started, mm-hmm. that were like really big major successes for you right away, just like a couple of the campaigns themselves? Yeah, so right when the team launched, they did a really cool uh, it was like Scarf Madison campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, so due to a shipping error, with uh, a scarf distributor, <laughs> a scarf provider, uh, the team got a few thousand more scarves than expected. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a really cool kind of scavenger hunt around town. Um, scarves were kind of hidden all over Madison with clues on social media, um, and people were just running around finding them, posting the pictures. Um, so that was kind of one of the cool one. Uh, it was also like the Madison scarves around the world. Mm-hmm. So people were taking the scarves on kind of their trips, you know, people from Madison going wherever, China, yeah. Europe, South America. Um, taking pictures, so you'd have like kind of this like you know Madison scarf being shown on you know the Eiffel Tower yeah. in the background or That's the cool. Shanghai yeah. skyline, <laughs> stuff awesome. like that. So you kind of got uh, kind of these kind of few different little campaigns. Kind of before the team even started, people were kind of showing. I think Madison in general, people are really proud to be from here, mm-hmm. yeah. um, mm-hmm. and they love they love the city, and they like you know when you're around the world, you know, wearing Badger stuff or now you know Ford Madison stuff. Um, so it was, that was really cool to see and. Uh, so that was kind of even before the team's like launched with its its name before Madison FC had a really cool following and people that were already invested in a sense of being able to kind of show local mm. pride. 
And then I think you also have to talk about the Flamingo story, right? Right. Uh, so this was in, do you remember what month it was, Cuba? It was end of January, February. January, February 2019. Yeah. Um, it was before the season had begun, but uh, we, we did have our name and our branding at this point. Um, and it, was, it, it all started as sort of a stupid idea um, that Cuba and I were talking about in the office, and I, I went out during a snowstorm and planted a flamingo in the field to see how high it would go. Mm -hmm. And uh, we posted it online and people liked it. So I went out there and I did it a few more times. Um, and eventually it, it covered the entire flamingo. And the snowfall, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the snowfall did, so, uh, so, which was flamingo. Um, and, and when we posted that online, uh, it sort of went viral. Uh, not only did it do really well on our social media feeds, but then it got picked up by all these independent blogs mm -hmm. and websites. And it, meme it, accounts on yeah. like Instagram, mm -hmm. kind of these uh, yeah. moist Buddha and some of these other just like <laughs> it, random meme accounts. It became sort of in, in almost impossible <laughs> to, to track all of the uh, yeah. impressions we were getting. Uh, but the cool thing about the, this Flamingo story is that it didn't stop there. Mm -hmm. uh, so what we did intentionally is that we saw that our fans were gravitating towards this idea. Mm -hmm. And then we, uh, we used it to inform what we were going to do for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. So we ended up using hashtag Fullmingo as our tagline for the entire year. We said, we want you to go Fullmingo mm -hmm. uh, with for Madison. <laughs> and awesome. it, it's it. become yeah. <laughs> a part of our branding and a part of what we do. Uh, not necessarily because we had one viral tweet, uh, mm -hmm. but because people really liked it and we recognized that so we wanted to use the stuff that they liked to inform our decisions yeah it, oh sorry i was just going to say um you know like having been so i've been to a couple of games just as a fan you know mm -hmm. being locally um and i've seen that that phrase full mingo printed on some of the scarves that you yeah. guys give away so it, it's you've really fully integrated it into your brand yeah i think yeah. it's really funny just because you have I'm sure, like, you know, some companies, they'll sit in these, like, marketing meetings and try to come up with yeah. campaigns <laughs> for, you know, weeks and months. Um, and it was really just kind of shows you kind of the, the flexibility I think we have as a, as a startup and kind of the, the team that's here that, you know, from ownership all the way down, it was like, we were able to see, like, okay, people are really resonating with this. Let's grab it. We had merch ordered, you know, within that first week and designed. Um, and, you know, we kind of built this campaign out of, you know, two weeks before it happened. You could have, yeah. no one would have guessed that right, this was going right. to be this huge huge line of, that we have. Yeah. So ju just in terms of overall uh, engagement with the community, and how much of that is that these are smaller market teams and how much of it, is, and you know, with tight communities, Madison is a pretty, pretty tight mm -hmm. city when yeah. you think it of cities. Be. You know, yeah. it can be, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, and then how much of that is just soccer lovers? Like how many, how many people come to forward games because... Mm -hmm. And they just want to see what it's about. They're not necessarily huge soccer game soccer yeah. fans. Uh, so I think you have to include both of those communities. And the strategy that we uh, partook in was to start with the core soccer community mm -hmm. and then to spread it out from there. So the very first conversations that we had 
uh, were with people we knew were soccer fans. Mm -hmm. We reached out to fan groups of English Premier League teams okay. and got them together and got their input on it. And those, a lot of those people are now the core of the flock, which is our supporters sure. group. Yeah. Uh, but then after we had the core fan base on board, we started to spread out. What we'll say to a lot of people is you don't necessarily have to be a soccer fan, but you do have to be a fan of Madison if you want to go to a Ford Madison game. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because yeah. You, you can pick up on the soccer, uh, but what you'll really see when you come to a game is that there's so much city pride, which oh, uh, having an institution to spread that uh, really beyond the university is something that's sort of rare in this city and something that's been really gratifying to help bring here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one of my favorite, we had a Facebook comment after one of our games. Um, someone, I, think, I don't know if they DM'd us or they commented on our, our, our final score graphic. They were like, hey, this was my first time at a game. I don't really follow sports. Um, I got tickets from someone at my work. Uh, we had a great time. We don't know much about soccer, but it was so much fun. The team captain went around and shook our hands after the game and was <laughs> genuinely kind of curious yeah, yeah. how yeah. our experience was. And they were like, and you know, we're going to come back for more games. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I think that was kind of encapsulated perfectly that people from kind of this this community can come out just to support Madison. Right. You don't have to be a hardcore sports fan to have a good night out. Mm -hmm. It's only you know two hours at yeah. a soccer game. There's not a ton of breaks. There's a lot of kind of action. It's a, it's an easy sport to to sure. sit and watch for a couple hours and have a couple of beers. Um, and I think it just really resonated with the wider community outside the soccer fans. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, one of the things that I've noticed is a lot of the people that I know who were the first to forward games were um, people with kids in, the, in mm -hmm. youth soccer. Mm -hmm. Have you had any reach out to youth soccer and sort of getting that community involved? Yeah, so the youth, youth soccer, I think there's it's about 34,000 plus registered youth soccer players in the Madison community. So not sure. just Madison, but DeForest, Wanakee, Middleton, Sun Prairie. Um, so we kind of, we had a, our ticket guys kind of reached out to each youth club, um, try to get them out. We did a lot of clinics around in the different surrounding communities because, yeah, that's a huge part of kind of keeping this team sustainable. There's going to yeah. be kids in the local area that mm -hmm. kind of, they're, you know, for the first time in, you know, a lot of people's lives, you can see professional soccer here right. in Madison. Right, that's cool. Um, so you can be actually a young player and be like, wow, I can play in Madison at, you know, a really high level. Mm -hmm. Um, which is cool. So the youth, the youth soccer club is really important to us. Um, we try to do as much with them as we can. Yeah. Um, definitely looking to grow that for, for next season, um, just to kind of build a closer relationship with a lot of them. Mm -hmm. The youth soccer landscape in the United States can be uh, a little iffy sometimes <laughs> in terms of kind of, you know, there's some competition for players and things. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, so we don't have any youth teams. Factional. Factional, maybe, yeah. Mm -hmm. Good word. Um, so we don't have a youth team at all for the club. Um, we're just going to kind of support the clubs that already exist in the area that are doing a, doing a good job with, sure. with youth players. Sure. Um, so earlier on you mentioned that you, uh, as you were getting started here, you identified people who just happened to be fans of Eng English Premier League teams. How do you, like, even approach those people with an idea like this? How do you even, how do you even initiate some of those conversations? I mean, it starts with them, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, in the very early stages of the club, it's about seeing what people here uh, in this community already want to see out of a soccer team. Mm -hmm. uh, so those are the conversations, not only that we had then, but the conversations that we continue to have. Mm -hmm. uh, because now 
you know, our core supporters group is much larger and much more diverse. It includes a lot more different types of people from different backgrounds, which is something we're really proud of. Mm -hmm. So for us, the goal is to be in communication with them and say, you know, uh, what's working, what's not, and what do you want to see? And then, you know, the best we can apply some of those ideas to uh, what's happening on game days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're, we're lucky that the one of the supporters groups here in particular, the Arsenal fans who have been at Cooper's Tavern for, I think, about 10 years or so. Mm -hmm. At least they're, they're really organized already mm -hmm. um, and kind of made uh, charity work a big kind of part of what they did with the Arsenal fan group. So they they kind of got it really quickly. Um, the flock, they're fiercely independent. Um, they're registered 513C. Mm -hmm. um, I think they raised over $20,000 for local yeah, charities over the season. Yeah, that's awesome. In just their first year already. First year, yeah. 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 So, I mean, and not a lot of teams have that. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're really lucky that we have the group that we have. Um, yeah. And they kind of banded together. If I can add in, like when I was here to first start out, like one thing I remember Peter always said, like he wanted to make the supporters include in the meeting. So mm -hmm. we would have strategy sessions and our supporters members would be there pitching ideas back and forth. You know, that's something, you know, you don't see in a lot of clubs yeah. that was unique and you know, it's obviously led to a lot of success. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So, I mean, I was lucky to have them then and, sure. you know, they're yeah. only getting growing and getting stronger. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, backing up from sort of the popularity of the club, there's a lot of logistics in hosting a club uh, at a stadium that's sort of dropped in the middle of a neighborhood. Yeah. Um, I know for myself, my son comes home after work and he's just like, oh my God, there's nowhere to park. Where am I supposed to, you know, there's a lot of logistical challenges. Um, have you used the social... Uh, channels to sort of communicate those kinds of logistics like hey you can park here or mm -hmm. anything along those lines just communicating with the fans about those kinds of things yeah we have uh, we have a game day guide we put out every morning so all the ticket buyers we kind of blast out to all those emails um, yeah the parking's difficult for sure just because mm -hmm. we're trying to share you know limited street space sure. with yeah. a lot of residents right. in the area there's a great new lot um, just over here on Livingston um, that we keep keep pushing people to and we push yeah. it Jason will tweet about it um, yeah. it's, it's generally not full though on game days really? so I don't know why people aren't <laughs> <laughs> people just aren't going there in, in terms of that stuff it's a lot more targeted communication because you can imagine a, a message like that is probably not going to go viral there right. are not going to yeah, be a sure. lot of people right. who are sharing that message so instead what we'll do to get uh, that message out a little better is target individuals with say emails um, mm -hmm. emailing everyone who's bought a ticket for a game giving them a list of like what you can bring into the stadium suggestions on where to park and things right. like that yeah. mm -hmm. okay. yeah. mm -hmm. but it's definitely it's definitely tough with kind of we're lucky to have this downtown location yeah, with all yeah. the kind of bars yeah. and restaurants around here yeah. but it's still it's definitely definitely difficult when people ask us you know hey where to park it's <laughs> like <laughs> Try Livingston otherwise you're right. <laughs> well, I, I bike to all the games yeah. and I always feel bike bus or walk. Right. Yeah. Great city for that, for yeah. sure. Um, so I kind of getting back to some of the community focus. Um, so when you guys were had the, when the club was first announced, no branding, no team name. How did that kind of how did you guys land on Ford, Madison, FC and your you know, the mascots, the flamingo? Mm -hmm. Like how did you make those decisions and how how did all that uh, coming to be. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was from the community themselves and, and the flock, kind of like Matt mentioned that, mm -hmm. you know, Peter bringing them into kind of these early stages. So with the name, it started out with the name competition. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a huge, got over 700 submissions from the community. 
Um, ended up whittling that down to yes. kind of a bracket, did kind of like World Cup style mm-hmm. uh, bracket voting. What was um, second? I'm just out of curiosity. Do you know? Uh, was it the AFC yeah. Madison name or yeah. something like Athletic that? Athletic Football Club Madison. Okay. All right. Flamingos was up there as well. Yeah, Madison Flamingos was in the list. Yeah. Sure. I remember there was an Isthmus SC one. Yeah, it's kind of unique. Isthmus City got made it pretty, pretty far. Yeah, that's pretty much. Kind of a tongue twister. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of like Lakers, Capitals. Mm-hmm. All those, all those were in there too. Um, so it's pretty fun. Good kind of cool competition. Um, right. Forward kind of won. Yeah, obviously, Ford's got a lot of history in Wisconsin, right? It's yeah. the state mm-hmm. motto. It's on the state flag. It's on the state quarter. It's just forward remember. on the top of the yeah. Capitol building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah so that was, it won pretty pretty unanimously once it got to the final. Really, really big winner. Um, so we were happy about that. That was kind of the internal yeah. uh, decision as well. Um, so it was good. It matched up with what the fans wanted. Yeah. Um, and then I think the Flamingo just kind of ended up being a really natural fit as a mascot just because sure. it's hard to you might want to explain that for those in the uh, uh, that are listening that might not know about yeah. the basketball Jason you want to tell that <laughs> yeah one? yeah it's a really interesting story of why so people ask us all the time why is the flamingo your your uh, mascot I why should is say it it's about uh, 30 degrees outside right <laughs> yeah <now. laughs> tough climate for right. Right. <laughs> so the genesis comes from a prank on the campus of uh, the University of Wisconsin uh, in 1979, the people who ran the student government at the time were a bunch of pranksters. And before the first day of classes, they set up 1,008 flamingos on Bascom Hill, uh, which is sort of the, the big green space in the middle of uh, campus. Uh, and when people woke up that morning and went to class, they saw all the flamingos. They started taking pictures. Uh, the word spread, and it became a sort of myth. Uh, People say there's still a lot of plastic flamingos from that day in people's backyards in Madison now. Uh, it became the city's official bird, not the actual flamingo, the plastic flamingo. <laughs> uh, and it, it became something that Madisonians, I think, identify with. Uh, it, it shows that we're this sort of weird, idiosyncratic city uh, that stands out for that mm-hmm. and that's what for Madison is trying to be as well yeah. so it's and a natural I, fit yeah it kind of goes back to kind of reaching out to those city pride folks where we had a lot of people kind of this older demographic aren't necessarily soccer fans um, who are saying you know I love the logo I love the pink flamingo kind of reminds me of kind of my heydays in Madison <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like they kind of attach them to the team right away as well so nice. I mean you talk about community engagement you know how you really tie in your your brand to mm-hmm. your location and it's great. Yep. Um, so I guess one thing that I'm I'm curious about is just um, you know you guys just wrapped up the, your first season. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about like average attendance and ticket sales? Like, do you have any like numbers for that? And yep. in comparison to uh, maybe the rest of the league or yep. Yeah. So I've got some numbers that I know off the top of my head. Our average attendance for uh, USL League One games. Mm-hmm was 4,292. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was first in the 10-team league by about 800 fans a game, mm-hmm. which is oh. <laughs> pretty yeah, incredible. Yeah, there were some some uh, weekends where we would have a larger crowd than all the rest of the teams that played that weekend combined. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, That's awesome. 
we also had a couple of exhibition games. Mm-hmm. So we we played uh, Minnesota United from Major League Soccer. We played Leones Negros, who are a Mexican team. We played Hertha Berlin, who play in the German Bundesliga. And those uh, games all drew close to 5,000 as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so even uh, the, the league above us, USL Championship, um, Fort Madison ranks about 17th in that league in average attendance. Mm-hmm. We're talking about cities like Sacramento, Albuquerque, El Paso, kind of these almost massive metabolises. Yeah, yeah. That, cities know, that are much bigger than yeah, much larger cities. Yeah, right up there in terms of attendance-wise and mm-hmm. competing with them. Yeah. So, like, what role has just like people identifying with the brand through social media kind of played uh, in in the actual success at the turnstile? Mm-hmm. Can you maybe? comment on that? Well, I hope. I mean, the the strategy is that's uh, part of why they're going to come to games, yeah. is that uh, you want to try to engage people online. I mean, my job as someone who does the social media every day for the team is to try to engage people, mm-hmm. um, to try to interact with people online. And then hopefully, once you become engaged and you feel like you have a stake in the club, uh, you're going to go to games. You're mm-hmm. going to buy merchandise. So it, it's uh, accomplishing something, I think, almost better than what traditional advertising dollars can do. Uh, if you can have someone feel like they're part of a club uh, and feel like they have sort of ownership, mm-hmm. uh, then eventually they're going to show up to games. And that's where it starts. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a lot of, you know, we kind of try to build FOMO, like fear of missing out, especially on our social. And I think, you know, sure. we had uh, Stanley from The Office come out one night, and we had just tons of people awesome. that were like, you know, it was one of our best attended nights of the season. Um, we had a huge line, about 800 people, to get a photo with him and an autograph. Um, you know, on social media, you just saw, like, people that, you know, people would share their photo on, on sure. their Instagram or their Facebook, and all the comments from their friends were like, ah, oh, I can't believe I missed this, like... <laughs> You know, and then it's like they're not going to want to miss the next you yeah. know, that Fort Madison promo or Fort Madison game. Right. Sure. So I think it kind of it kind of spreads this this demand of I want to go there. I want to see what these guys are doing. Like this is a cool event in the city on you know a Saturday night or a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't you know if you miss out, you're going to kind of feel like you're out of the loop. Sure. Sure. Sense with your friends. Yeah. The other thing, um, how have you guys partnered with maybe some of the businesses in town? I know. I mean, Madison's got some great. Microbrews, a lot of great restaurants. Are there ways that you've sort of tried to tie that that in with uh, the game? Yeah, yeah, we have a great, great kind of uh, group of corporate sponsors that, that support the team. Um, so we have a lot, of, a lot of celebrity chefs from kind of some of the best uh, restaurants around here: Tori nice. Miller, yeah. uh, Patrick Dupula, Sri um, Yeah, They all kind of uh, work with us on like uh, doing kind of meals for our suites and everything. We partnered up with uh, One Barrel Brewing Company to do a Fort Madison specific beer. Mm-hmm. Had a couple of those before. Yeah. Cherry <laughs> Gulch. Very good. Uh, we just partnered with Just Coffee, who's headquartered here in Madison. Um, they're they're making a coffee for us. Yeah, signature roast for Madison one that'll be wow. in the grocery stores mm-hmm. and in the cafes. Um, so I think, and you know, with One Barrel, when they put the beer out in, in the stores, it was like in Festival High V, Willie Street Co op, Metcalf's. Um, it's sold out of all the grocery stores in, in a couple months. Really? Like, Ford uh, fans are just, when they would see it, they'd yeah, grab yeah. it. Um, they sold out of all their cans. Like, they could only do kegs for, for the majority of the season. Um, so I think, you know, companies around town are kind of saying, sure. like, hey, you know, these fans are really loyal. They're really engaged. I think it's going to be the same with the Just Coffee. You know, as soon as that coffee's out on the shelves, it's like, that's what Ford fans are going to drink. Nice. They, they want to support the club. There's a charity aspect to the coffee. 
Um, I think it's either a dollar off every bag is going back to the Flock Soccer Foundation, which supports uh, building soccer in underserved communities in Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was the same with the beer. So I think it's a thing where people want to support the club, supports a good cause at the same time, and so you can kind of, you know, uh, stand for your values with, sure. with your wallet a sure. little bit. Sure, sure. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So I guess let's uh, kind of... Let's put ourselves in the mindset, pulling back a little bit. I know you guys are really engaged with the soccer side of things, but let's talk digital media, social media, uh, best practices in general. Uh, do you guys have any advice for anybody who's looking to use social media for their brand, for their uh, company? Yeah, I think for me, it all comes down to establishing, in a sense, you could call it a mission statement. Mm-hmm. So we have, uh, what's our, our uh, bio on Twitter? It's like, Playing soccer and having fun with it, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah, and and that that's sort of um, the directive that I try to adhere to mm-hmm. uh, with all of our social media. Uh, if I'm going to create something, uh, how can I make this so that it's not just something anyone could have posted, mm-hmm. but it's something that only for Madison could have done, right. uh, because it's more than just soccer it's more than just having fun it, it it's something like that's a little weird it's a little unique and totally for Madison and I know that's a bit of a vague way to describe what I'm trying to get at mm-hmm. um, but I think if you look at our stuff you you can sort of see that we always are driving at that goal to uh, be out there and to be different um, what can we what can we use to describe this? Yeah. Maybe the logo explainer. Yeah, the, yeah. I think in general, like our voice is just it's genuine. Yeah. It feels like it's a person behind behind the account, mm-hmm. um, or like that the brand is a person in sure. a sense. It's like kind of when you're building that community, you know, Jason responds to just about everybody that tweets at us. Um, so it just makes it really kind of personal yeah. instead of just an account that once a day will tweet out a photo with uh-huh. a link. Right. And, some really generic copy. Yeah, and I mean, these interactions count, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're building this team brick by brick. Um, so every person that comments, uh, if, if you respond to them and they feel like, oh, I've got a response from the actual club, this is really cool, mm-hmm. uh, they might be more invested in the team. Mm-hmm. And every one of those interactions is part of a bigger picture. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of like companies just don't... Uh, they don't do or they don't uh, trust social media as much as they do. They think it's, you know, I'll start a, a social media account and people just come to me naturally. Where it's, you really need to have a, a really uh, strong, dedicated strategy, you know, sitting down, building the brand voice, and it's just kind of consistency after that. It's not sure. going to be a silver bullet of, I'm going to do one thing and I'll get a million followers in a day. Right. You know, for right. us, it's just kind of being consistent, doing the right thing sure. every single day. And that's how we've kind of just built up incrementally mm-hmm. our, our following. Yeah. And, you know, and speaking of the following, you know, like in terms of the, the actual raw numbers, I was just kind of checking out some of the other teams in the league. You guys, in terms of your Twitter follower count, I mean, you just blown away the competition. I saw that you actually have more followers than, you know, USL1 itself, like the entire league. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty cool. You guys have been really uh, successful here. So The yeah. team uh, behind us on Twitter, actually, we passed them late in the season. They've had an account since 2008. <laughs> we start. We had, they had a ten-year head start on us, yeah, so we, we still, it's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're trying not to give it up. Yeah, that's great. Stay fresh. 
AB Today is a daily e-newsletter that provides professionals within the athletics, fitness, and recreation industry with relevant, fast-reading nationwide stories. Sign up at athleticbusiness.com slash e-news and enjoy great content from Athletic Business every weekday. Welcome back to the show. Um, so hopefully you guys were able to get something really uh, informative and insightful out of that. Um, Matt, I mean, you had a really interesting point about how um, they just really started at the grassroots mm-hmm. level and really just engaged the community. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, when I was first there, we didn't have a marketing budget. You know, <laughs> we saw that zero dollar sign there. I was like, all right, how do I grow this brand when yeah. we don't have a brand? So mm-hmm. really use that kind of grassroots approach and use our audience to market for us. And, you know, seeing where they've gone now, it seemed to have a pretty big effect on them. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's it's really interesting to me uh, the effect on the bottom line that this seems to have had. I mean, just their success online. I mean, their follower counts are, mm-hmm. are dwarfing those of uh, people who've, who've had a, a much uh, like a head start and uh, come from much larger cities. You know, so and they're it's paying off at yeah. the turnstiles. So it's, that's really it's cool. It's actually generated into you know merchandise sales too. I actually yeah. just looked at their social media today and saw that they completed a. Purchased to all 50 U.S. states today. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah. Oh, cool. So uh, <laughs> Madison Forward, our little hamlet, uh, we're nationwide, and you know, as they, they kind of touched on, they we're even international, baby. So you know it. Yeah, that's right. Um, so really interesting uh, conversation. I hope you guys were able to get something out of it. But uh, let's go ahead and proceed to some housekeeping items, Andy. Yeah, um, just off the AB show, and I can still use a little bit more sleep. <laughs> uh, it was a great show, um, great at, great attendance. Um, I mean, we had Lou Holtz as a keynote speaker, um, Bonnie St. John. Uh, I, I can't say enough. You had, you had to be there to believe it. Yeah, uh, you had to be there, so uh, thanks to everybody who, who was, and for yeah. those of you who weren't. Um, you know, get there next year. Uh, we're going to be in Baltimore next year, and, and we're going to be starting efforts. I mean, efforts for that show have already begun. So <laughs> I just changed my email signature, so that's right. We're ready, <laughs> ready to go for 2020. Uh, but that's going to do it for this this week's episode. Uh, quick programming note: We're going to be taking a, a little bit of a, a break here for the holidays. We got Thanksgiving coming up within a, uh, within a couple weeks, so. Um, just be patient, but stay subscribed to the feed. Uh, we're going to be uh, coming at you with more uh, great content uh, in the next couple of weeks, including some people who we met at the show. Um, yep. So stay tuned for that. Um, but until next time, take it easy. Take it easy.